Jesus calls us to take up our cross and follow him. You're listening to Crosswalk with Pastor Steve Winery. Crosswalk is the radio ministry of Calvary Chapel Tri-Cities, and it is our aim to lead you to the cross through the teaching of God's Word. It says, and Mary Magdalene and Mary, the mother of Joses, observed where he was laid. Now, when the Sabbath was passed, Mary Magdalene, Mary, the mother of James and Salome brought spices that they might come and anoint him. Very early in the morning on the first day of the week, they came to the tomb when the sun had risen. So again, we have this whole thing where it's sun up on the first day of the week. And they said among themselves, who will roll away the stone from the door of the tomb for us? And so they know that when they're going to the tomb that the stone's in the way because they saw Joseph and Nicodemus roll the stone in front of the door. And so the, these stones were like big wheels if, you, if you've never seen it. And they were, they were in a slot that was in front of the tomb door. It says, but when they looked up, they saw that the stone had been rolled away for it was very large. And entering the tomb, they saw a young man clothed in a long white robe, sitting on the right side. And why does it say that? Why does it say right side? And they were alarmed. But he said to them, do not be alarmed. You seek Jesus of Nazareth, who was crucified. He's risen. He's not here. See the place where they laid him. But go tell his disciples and Peter that he's going before you into Galilee. Galilee. There you will see him as he said to you. So they went out quickly and fled from the tomb, for they trembled and were amazed and they said nothing to anyone, for they were afraid. Now, when he rose early on the first day of the week, he appeared first to Mary Magdalene, out of whom he had cast seven demons. She went and told those who had been with him as they mourned and wept. And when they heard that he was alive and had been seen by her, they did not believe. After that, he appeared in another form to two of them as they walked and went into the country. And they went and told it to the rest, but they did not believe them either. Later, he appeared to the 11 as they sat at the table and he rebuked their unbelief and hardness of heart because they did not believe those who had seen him after he had risen, okay? See the differences? There's differences in those stories. So the story we have in John is that Mary goes to the tomb and it looks like she's by herself. She goes to the tomb, she sees a stone rolled away, she turns around and takes off running. But when you get to Matthew's gospel, you have Mary Magdalene and the other Mary see him laid in the tomb. And then on the first day of the week, Mary and the other Mary come along and there's an angel who rolls away the stone, begins, sits on top of it, begins shining. The guards faint. Then the angel speaks to the women and then Jesus meets them on the way to the disciples. And then when you get to this one, it's Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James, see him laid in the tomb after the Sabbath early in the morning when the sun had risen, Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James and Salome come and they say, who will roll the stone? They found it rolled away. There's a young man sitting on the right side. He speaks to them and he, this passage says he appears to Mary Magdalene first and then it says he appeared, appears to the guys obviously on the road to Emmaus and then he appeared to the 11. And so now we don't have an angel sitting on a rock 
What we have is an angel inside that's talking to the women. And it's more than the two women that we have in Matthew's gospel and the one woman that we have in John's gospel, okay? Go over to Luke. And so over in Luke chapter 23, starting in verse 54, it says, that day was the preparation and the Sabbath drew, drew near. Talking about the day that Jesus died. And the woman who had come with, or excuse me, the women who had come with him from Galilee followed after, and they observed the tomb and how his body was laid. Then they returned and prepared spices and fragrant oils, and they rested on the Sabbath according to the commandment. Now on the first day of the week, very early in the morning, and so you have that same testimony, they and certain other women with them came to the tomb, bringing the spices which they had prepared. But they found the stone rolled away from the tomb. Then they went in and did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. And it happened as they were greatly perplexed about this, that behold, two men stood by them in shining garments. Now it's two guys. Is it one guy on a rock, one guy inside the tomb, or is it two guys? When you're over, when you're over on, in John's gospel, it's one guy again. So is it one guy or two guys? And where are they sitting? And the answer, you know, is it one guy or two guys? What is it? It's, the answer is yes. Okay, Sarah's right. It goes on and says, then verse five, as they were afraid and bowed their faces to the earth, they said to them, why do you seek the living among the dead? He's not here, he's, but is risen. Remember how he spoke to you when he was still in Galilee, saying the son of man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men and be crucified in the third day, rise again. And they remembered his words. Then they returned from the tomb and told all these things to the 11 and to all the rest. And then it lists the women. It was Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary, the mother of James, and the other women. So that's at least two more. That's five women there. So now is it one woman? Is it two women? Is it three women? Is it five women? Which one is it? The answer is yes, okay? Um, who told these things to the apostles and their words seemed to them like idle tales and they did not believe them. But Peter arose, ran to the tomb and stooping down, he saw the linen cloths lying by themselves and he departed marveling to himself at what had happened. Okay, so now when you go through the, the resurrection stories, there's obviously differences in the stories. And so one of the things that, that you, you've got to be able to figure out uh, one of the deficits in our upbringing and in our education is that we don't go through classes on logic. So when, when you're talking about a contradiction, a contradiction is something is A and it's also not A. That's a contradiction. And so when you're, when you're talking about testimony of people as, as far as in this instance, how many angels are there? how many women are there, that, that kind of stuff, you, it, for it to be a contradiction, it would have to say, for, for, uh, for example, in John's gospel, that Mary went to the tomb, she went to the tomb alone, nobody was with her. Then you go over to Matthew's gospel, and it says Mary, and the, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to the tomb, and it was just those two. Now you have a contradiction between Matthew and John, and then you go to Luke's gospel here, and it says, no, it was five women, and it was all five of them, and not just two. Those are contradictions. But when you're just naming people that were at the tomb, all you're doing is telling, telling people that this person was there. And so last Monday, I had lunch with Mitch. 
I do this all the time. I had lunch with Mitch. I also, and, and so I'm gonna tell that to you. I had lunch with Mitch. And then to you, Dave, I'm gonna tell you that I had lunch with Christy. And then to somebody in the back, I don't know where Dolores went. Susan, I'm picking you. I had, I had lunch with Zach. And then somebody else, I'm gonna say, I had lunch with you know, five different people. And it ends up being, I don't know how many people there, were there. It was like 10, I take my staff out to lunch. And so I'm gonna be talking to you about the people that I went to lunch with based on the context of what our conversation is and whether or not you know those people. And the fact that, that I told one person here that I went with one person, another person here that I went with another person, and another person back there that I went with a totally different person doesn't mean that those things can't go together. In actuality, I went to, dinner, I went to lunch with all of them. See what I mean? So I've talked about this before. That is not a contradiction. That's what's called a discrepancy. And when you find a discrepancy in the Bible, what you do is you go through and you figure out if you can, if you can put those things together. And so when we're looking at these discrepancies as far as the names of the women and the women that are involved, uh, one of the things you've got to remember is that the Gospels were written to specific people, specific groups of people. And sometimes the names that are used in the Gospels are used in those Gospels because the people that they're written to know the people. And so, uh, for example, you guys know who carried the cross for Jesus? Anybody know? You know what his son's name was? Anybody know? Rufus. That's written in a gospel that was, that was written to people who lived in Rome where Simon of Cyrene and Rufus hung out at church. And so that's why they're named, because these people would know them. And so you have situations like that. And so there, there can be all kinds of reasons that they would do, that a writer would not you know, go through and tell you that there were at least five women. We don't know that there were five women. We know that there are three women who are named and at least two other women because it says women and not woman, right? And so we don't know that there's only five. There could be more than that that actually went to the tomb. And so that's not a contradiction. Um, the other thing that, that you have here is over in the gospel in Matthew, it says that the women go to the tomb and then what Matthew does is he inserts the reason that the stone is rolled away. And the reason that the stone was rolled away is because an angel came and he rolled it away. There was a great earthquake. He got up on top of the stone and he started shining and all the guards fell over like they, they fainted. They fell over like they were dead. Well, by the time that the women get to the tomb, there's no guards there anymore. And so that's all an event that took place before the women ever got there. And, they, and the, the, the Roman guards had the time to pack it up and leave before the women ever got there. And then the gospel in Matthew says that angel was one of the angels that spoke to the women. But by this time, he's um, from the other gospels, we know now he's inside the tomb, not sitting on the stone anymore. He was sitting on the stone when he's looking at the Roman soldiers. Wouldn't that be fun? Wouldn't you love to be an angel? Like you're this big old bad guy and you know, you, you can, you know, it's, a, it, it's like you can wipe out thousands of people if you want to and you just sit on a stone and shine at them, you know, and they all freak out and take off running. And so that's what, that's what took place there, okay? Then the other thing that you have is the same kind of discrepancy that you have with the women. 
And so in that instance, the one angel that's speaking to the women is identified as the one who rolled away the stone. So he's the one who's doing the speaking to the women, right? And so when you get to Mark's gospel, it says Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of the James had seen him laid in the tomb. Then after the Sabbath, early in the morning, when the sun was risen, Mary, uh, Mary the mother of James and Salome come to the tomb. And so Salome is one of those women that's not mentioned in the book of Luke. She's one of the two women there, okay? So Salome, they say, who will roll away the stone? And they found it rolled away. That's how you know that the angel's already done this. And that's a previous event. They found it rolled away. There's a young man sitting on the right side. And remember when I read that, I said, why, why does it say that he's sitting on the right side? On the right side of what? And so in one of the other gospels, you find the, the two angels sitting at the, at the foot and at the head of the grave clothes where Jesus had laid. And what, he, what, um, what Mark is doing is he's letting you know that it was the angel that was on the right side that was the spokesman. And so it doesn't say there was one, an angel, one angel, and only one angel. And the fact that he says that he's on the right side lets you know that there's something going on there that isn't being given to you in the narrative, okay? Then he speaks to them. And then in Mark's gospel, we find out that Jesus appears to Mary Magdalene first. But in Matthew's gospel and in Mark's gospel, it looks like Mary Magdalene is with the other women. And so if the other women, and we already know that Jesus appeared to them on the way to the disciples, then how would Mary Magdalene hear from Jesus first? How would Jesus appear to him first if he was with her? Well, what we find out in John's gospel is that I said, if he was with her, if she was with them, with the women, how would Jesus appear to her first? And what we find out in John's gospel is that she didn't stay with the women. She goes to the tomb and all you're, all you're hearing about is Mary's story in John's gospel. She's with the other women, but as soon as she sees that stone rolled away the, from the tomb, she does an about face and she goes and runs to get the rest of the, of the apostles so that they can come and help her out because she thinks that the, the body has been stolen. Meanwhile, the women go into the tomb and talk to the angel so far. We're only talking about one angel so far. They go and talk to the angel and the angel tells them to leave. And it's when they leave and start walking back to the apostles that Jesus appears to them. Meanwhile, Mary's already made it because she's running. She's already made it to the apostles. They run back and presumably she's following running because she's right there when they get to the tomb. She runs back and the women haven't met with Jesus yet. The women have already left the area where the tomb's at, going to find these guys, and they've come back, you know, cross paths, so to speak. When you're, when you're thinking about the city of Jerusalem, one of the things you have to remember is that there's multiple gates, there's multiple avenues, and guys are gonna be taking shortcuts. If you're walking through in the middle of the night, that's, that's when they would have to go. You're gonna to stay to the main thoroughfares in the city of Jerusalem, but when the apostles are coming, it's already daylight and they want to get there as quickly as possible. It would be, what I'm saying is that it would be very easy to miss each other as, as they're crossing paths. So anyway, and some of you will get this when we go to Jerusalem. You'll, you'll understand what I'm talking about. Um, so anyway, Mary and Peter and John make it to the tomb before Jesus appears to the women. 
And so John and Peter go in and examine the grave clothes and then they leave and Mary is sitting there and that's when Jesus appears to Mary all by herself. And that's the first appearance of Christ to any of the disciples, to Mary. I like that. I think that's pretty cool. Um, in Luke's gospel, it says, women from Galilee see him laid in the tomb, prepare spices the first day of the week, early. They come to the tomb and it's Mary Magdalene, Joanna, who's the wife of Cusa, the steward of Herod, Mary, mother of James and other women. And then they see two men in shining garments. They're not sitting, they're standing. They're not sitting, they're standing. And they speak to the women. They speak to the women. So it's in Luke's gospel that we find out that there's actually two angels. Okay, let me do a couple things with you. Are angels allowed to move? Yes. So you have one angel that moved from the rock and he moved inside the tomb, right? So when the angels get inside the tomb, are they allowed to move? Yeah. So could they be sitting at one point and standing at another point? Could they start out standing and end up sitting? Yeah, you see what I mean? And so that's not a contradiction. It's not a contradiction. And so you can, you can imagine a scenario where maybe the angels start out standing and then they sit, or they start out sitting and then they stand. In either case, what's being stated here is that these angels were standing next to the women and telling them what's going on. And there's two angels. And it says, they spoke to the women. Have you ever had a conversation with two other people? Did they speak in stereo? You follow me? And so I can say that I had, uh, that Mitch had a conversation with me and Zach. Okay, and what we were talking about is putting down laminate on cabinets in, in the school, okay? And so Mitch is asking questions about how you lay down laminate on the cabinets in the school, and Zach and I would be answering him because we both did it. But guess who would be the main speaker? It would be me because I'm the one who knows how to lay down laminate, and Zach doesn't know anything about that. And so Zach could nod his head. Zach could add things as time went on. And Mitch could walk away from that conversation saying, I talked to Steve and Zach about laying down laminate in the school. And there's not a contradiction there. It's just two guys are there. One guy's doing all the talking. And the other guy's going, yep, mm -hmm. yep, we told you, you know, <laughs> that kind of thing. And so there, there you have that. And so again, when you get to John's gospel, Mary goes to the tomb before dawn with the other women, at least five of them, with the other women. She sees a stone rolled away. As soon as she see, sees a stone rolled away, she's overcome with grief. Once again, she's already grieving, overcome with grief. She wants to go get a guy to help them out because it's not the 21st century where all women can beat up all men. And so she goes to get a guy to help them out and comes back with, the, with two guys and then they leave and she's just sitting there grieving. And now the angels reappear to Mary specifically and talk to her and then Jesus appears to her and that's the first appearance. So it would go Mary first, Jesus appears to her first, then he appears to the women who are on the way back to uh, the place where the apostles are staying. And then he appears to the guys on the road to Emmaus and then lastly, he appears to the apostles. And so what I did was I just went through and gave you a reconciliation of all the gospel stories and they're not contradictory, they're complementary, And that's how testimony goes. One of the things that the world is never gonna be satisfied is with the story itself. If every single one of the gospels said exactly the same thing 
about the resurrection of Christ, what they would see, say is collusion. They all got together, they made up a story, they made it exactly the same. That's how cops tell when people are lying, if the story is exactly the same. But when you, when you go and you talk to witnesses of, a, of, a, of an accident, there are going to be specific situations and specific things that people are going to key in on that the cop can look around at and see, okay, this can be true, this can be true, okay. And he pieces it all together and he figures out what the real story is at that point. That's the best evidence that you can have. And that's what we have in the Gospels. And so you get on these stupid online you know, websites where they're going to go through and contradict the Bible and show you how it's a bunch of baloney and they attack the, the resurrection stories and you just have to, have, you know, you just have to be logical about the thing, about the whole situation. If it does say, if it, if it doesn't say A equals non-A, it's not a contradiction. So A can equal B, A can equal C, B and C can equal D, and A can be a set of D. You know, and there, there's, when you guys did math, right? And, and so there, there's all kinds of combinations that you, can't, can, that you can have that are non-contradictory. And so what I'm telling you is once again, you can trust your Bible. And so, and all the people who come, come in and contra, you know, try to contradict the resurrection stories, they're just dummies. And so you have my permission to tell them that. You're a dummy, and here's why. And we're done. <laughs> we'll pick it up next time. Isn't that cool? Yeah, very cool. Here, here's actually, I don't want to pick it. I don't want to, I don't want to stop yet. Here's one last thing that I want to tell you. When I first became a Christian, I had an experience with Jesus. He comes into my life. It was radical and it was cool. And as far as I knew, it was absolutely real. It's absolutely real, right? And then I'm told that the Bible is the word of God and that I can trust it, that God doesn't lie and that God doesn't make mistakes, right? And so then I begin reading my Bible. And this is one of those places where I'm reading my Bible. I was told to go through the gospel of John. And after I got done, done with John, I kind of went, well, maybe I'll read another gospel. And so I go through the gospel of Matthew and you can imagine my consternation when I read John's gospel and Mary goes to the tomb and it's only her and then Peter and John are coming and then I go to, to Matthew's gospel and it's Mary and somebody else and she doesn't run away. She doesn't go get Peter and John. And so you can imagine my consternation when I'm, when I'm reading that. And there have been all these times, you guys, when I was a young Christian, when I go through my Bible and I would run into something, I would just go, oh no, there's a problem there. There's a problem there. And I would get scared I was afraid that I, that I deceived myself and I would start having doubts. I didn't have doubts in the experience that I had because I knew I had the experience, but experience doesn't mean anything. It could have had, you know, been because I had had an exceptional pizza before I went to church. And so I was feeling really good. You know, it, it, my body can do anything it wants with me. And so if I'm, if I'm gonna trust the word of God, I have to be able to look at it and know that it's not contradictory. And so what I'm telling you is over and over, as I was going through my Bible, I would run into these things that looked like they were discrepancies. Everything that I ever ran into that looked like that was a subject of study and it turned out to be this awesome thing where it did nothing but confirm the word of God. 
You've been listening to Crosswalk with Pastor Steve Winery. Crosswalk is the radio ministry of Calvary Chapel Tri-Cities in Kennewick, Washington. If you are interested in purchasing a copy of today's message or wanting to know more about what it means to follow Christ, then please contact our church office by phone at 509-736-2086. You can also look us up online at calvary-tricities.org. There you will find a wide variety of Pastor Steve's teachings to listen to or download for free. If you want to join us for church sometime, we are located at 10611 West Clearwater Avenue in Kennewick, Washington. Our Sunday morning service times are 7.30, 9.15, and 11 a.m. We also have Wednesday and Sunday evening services at 6.30 p.m. We hope you have been blessed today and join us again next time for Crosswalk.